Amen. God bless you. You may be seated, and there are handouts here. And if by chance you're watching, uh, you, this would be a great night to have your Bible with you. I, I do want to just uh, reiterate that we are in our, um, in our knowledge project, and, uh, and we're, we're exploring um, the fruit of the Spirit in these weeks. And I'm thankful for Pastor Shock and, and preaching and teaching last Wednesday, and um, very very important. If you if you miss one of these, they are archived on our website, and so uh, I I think it would be important if you would just go back and, and review them again. In fact, there's so many sermons and lessons, and if you come to church some Sunday and you really don't like what I'm preaching. There's a better sermon on the media archives. Go find it, and you'll be you'll be happy. Uh, there's a couple of good ones there. I don't know which ones they are, but you can decide uh, which ones. If you have your handout or if you have your Bible, I'm I'm reading from Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two, and this is at the top of the handout. I want you to read it with me, if you will. So I'll give you a moment. Galatians five and twenty-two. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Let's do it again. Are you ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I feel like I should read this next paragraph to all of you. If you have your handouts or, or your booklets, you can, you can look along with me. Galatians 5, 23 teaches us that we will be known by the fruit we bear. Uh-oh, there's a problem right there. Although the fruit of the Spirit has nine... Wait a second. We're going to be known by the fruit that we bear. This is not a this is always not a a pleasant statement. We're known by the fruit that we bear. Not by intent, ladies and gentlemen, by act, but by what we do. And in and in this particular case, there is proactivity here and there's also response. So how you respond to relationships and situations and life is the definition of who you are and how you are proactive responding or engaging with people. Um, that also defines you. Not heritage, not your parents, not, but who you are, what you do. And so it's not always what you're not doing, although that's a, that's a telltale, but what are you doing? What have you done? How do you live? And that's critical because you're known by the fruit you bear. Now, there's a lot of cover-up today because image has often clouded character. People are more concerned with image than their character, how they look. If it were not so, there would not be a, all these filters on cameras and 
and phones and, and, and computers. There, you can take a picture of yourself, and if you don't feel like going on a diet, you can give yourself a, a makeover just on your phone. You can feel really good about yourself. Don't look in the mirror. Just look at the picture you created. This has come about. You know this has come about because there are dating apps for people who want to date or find somebody online. And so, you know, you send in your picture, I suppose, and, and maybe a bio or something about yourself. And, and then there it is. And people can click on it and say, boy, there's a very handsome man. And I, I'd like to meet him. But the problem is, if you meet them in person, you may not meet the same person that you saw uh, online. But there's a lot of work being done to create an image through things, through sight, but that does not mean character. You can have an image of a Christian without the character of it. And we have many people that have excelled on the image, but forgot about the fruit that they're bearing. That's really, that's a lot, lot harder to get to. That's just the first sentence. I didn't write that sentence. But that sentence is right. We're known by the fruit that we bear. You're going to be known by it. By what you do, you will be known. And... Um, it's a, it's, it, 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 can, it can really grip your life. Here's the next line. Although the fruit of the Spirit has nine different parts, we read love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It has been suggested that this is possibly, it means that, that the actual fruit is love and the other eight parts flows from it. I, I would tend to, to, to take that school of thought Regardless of whether there are nine different parts or just one love manifesting self in different ways, it is without controversy that love is the basis of a converted, abundant Christian life. When we become filled with the Spirit, we become filled with love. So my assignment tonight is to, is to talk about love. And what better day to talk about love than Halloween? I don't know. Listen, I, I don't really care. This is a made-up holiday uh, because, and I think the person who made it up it was a was a was a he was a horticulturist. He was a botanist, and he raised flowers. And he, I think, this is his idea. Let's let's make a day that I can make a lot of money and and guilt everybody, and um, into buying flowers, and then somebody candy and all the other stuff. So, uh, if you needed if you needed a, a red rose or something and you didn't get it, uh, tomorrow they'll be half off. Okay. Um, I want to go to the definition of, scriptural definition in love, and I'm not going to pull up my, my uh, bulletin writing, but if you have access to the bulletin writing last week, you might consider that. Galatians 5.22, the definition of love, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love, this is, this particular word is, is translated from the Greek word agape. This is a deep affection. 
And if you read the bulletin, you would know that Jesus has been resurrected. And after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he goes to Peter and he, he talks to Peter. And Peter denied the Lord three times. Now, I don't know that this is in reference to that. I, I don't know. That might be a more shallow look. But Peter denied the Lord three times. And the Lord's going to ask him, Peter, do you love me three times? Now, I don't know that that was intended to cover up each denial. I don't think so. But it has been purported that. But Jesus did ask Peter, Peter, do you love me? The first time that Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? That word love comes from the word agape. Um, but the next time, the next two times was, or the last time was phileo, which is in English, it's still love. But, the, but from the Greek, there's two different words, agape and phileo. And agape was the deep affection, devotion. Phileo was more of, a, of, a, of an association or a friend. So it appears that Peter at the time really didn't understand the depth of what love meant. He will later, when you read his writings later, 1st, 2nd Peter, when you start reading his writings later, you'll find out that Peter will grow up. And he's, he's going to grow up. When Jesus is talking to Peter and asking him, do you love me? And then he says, yes, well, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Third time, Peter, do you love me? Phileo, can, can we have this relationship? Um, Peter's frustrated. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Well, well th he's pretty fresh from denial. He's not too far away in days from denying the Lord. So Peter's going to learn some hard lessons because from that moment, he'll, he'll be questioned with a whip he'll be he'll be accused he'll be run out of town he'll he'll have some struggles and ultimately peter will be persecuted so peter's going to find his love identification with the lord i can tell you why i know that for a fact because when they went to hang peter fox's book of martyrs will tell you this in historical account the historical account that peter was going to be hung but he denied being hung the, the, what would have been upright because he did not want to be hung the way that the Lord was hung. He didn't feel worthy of that type of death, so he requested to be hung upside down. So in, in, in this world, in this idea of, 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 um, of love, there's a depth of love. And I want to talk a little bit about the depth of it. Now, your handouts and your booklets don't have a fill-in-the-blank, but they do have places for you can, so you can write. So I'm offering some depth of love. The, the scripture, <laughs> let me pull this back up here. Um, thank you, sorry. The, the, the scripture is, uh, is, is pretty clear in, in the writing of Jesus Christ. This comes from Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43. So you can write Matthew 5, verse 43 through 46. Jesus said, Ye have heard that it hath been said, 
thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That was not a scripture, but it was something that people said. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans do the same. The Lord is always going beyond the definition of what you think and what I think is correct. He goes to the deeper definition. And almost always, those definitions deal with the issues of the heart. So, you know, he, he's, he's talking about things that are much deeper than the surface. Some folks are very linear. It's always, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just um, always on the surface. They're not, they're not digging down into the heart. But real love has some things in it that, that define it. And in today's world, love is a very superficial word. Love is almost always attached to an emotion. And the emotion can be very misleading. Love is also attributed very flagrantly. I love the Lord. I love chocolate ice cream. <laughs> oh, there's a problem. Because I've attributed my love for the Lord and, and, and also my love for chocolate ice cream. And so you can say, I love my wife. I love her. Well, I noticed you got a new, I love my new tie. I love my new whatever it is. So we're not using the word properly. Many, many years ago, the word awesome was, was being thrown around. Everything was awesome and, and things were awesome. Well, we were singing, our God is an awesome God. But, but also, you know, the ride at the, at the amusement park was awesome. Well, there, it's not the same thing, but when you get to love, love has been misused and misunderstood. In fact, love has been used, at least the term, as a tool of manipulation. If you love me, you will do this for me. If you really love me, you'll let me go to the party. If you love me, you would buy something for me. <laughs> I know you don't love me because you didn't get me a... You know, a chocolate ice cream. <laughs> you know I love chocolate ice cream. You must not love me because you didn't get... So love, these, this term has been so grossly misused. We don't really know what it means. And we use it too flagrantly to attribute to things that give us an emotional impact. But many of those things, they wilt and they wither and they fall and they, and they, have, and they fail Love is not that. And so when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love does not seek its own. Why don't you, why don't you turn in your Bibles to, to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13? This is, this is a great... Though I speak with the tongue, tongues of men and of angels and have not love, charity, I'm become a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so I can move mountains, I don't have love, I'm nothing. This is pretty, this is pretty rough. 
Because I have seen people who are being used in multiple gifts of faith and prophecy, but they have no love in them. Guess what the faith does and the prophecy, guess how that works when there's no love behind it. It's met with resistance. Because the foundation of all spiritual gifts is love. Spiritual gifts are not their own foundation. The fruit of the Spirit begins with love. And what's egregious is when people seek for spiritual gifts, but they don't seek for love. Oh my. And though I bestow all my goods to the feed the poor, I give my body to be burned. That's kind of a, uh, basically showing the extent that Paul said we could go to. But I don't have love. None of that profits me anything. You can give all of your money to people that are poor. You can, you can serve your whole life and give it away. But that's penance. That's not love. You don't profit anything. And people do that to work on something, maybe free them from guilt, but it's not out of love. So when you get to the next part, uh, uh, let me just... Let me do this in the, um, I don't know if I can do it then. Um, love is patient. This is verse four, right? Love is kind. I'm in the, I'm in another version. Then we're going to talk a little bit about what love doesn't do. Love doesn't seek its own. It's not selfish. It's not self-centered. There's a lot of things that love is not. Paul is going to tell us what love is not. It's not rude. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable. Wow, there's a whole lot of things. Here's a big one. This is really rough. It keeps no record of wrongs. Uh-oh. Love doesn't keep a record of what someone did wrong to them. If you have a record of what someone did wrong to you, you don't love. You have no love. So this is the real problem because we know God is love and the children of God have to be children of love. I, this is the issue. The issue is it, re, uh, it involves grudges. Old bitterness, anger, what was done wrong. This is, this is how, here's how you get rid of some of that stuff. Stop, stop talking about it. Oh, man. Um, reading, reading about um, the proliferation and, and job security of the modern day psychologist. How do you keep your job? How, how do you keep your job? You create a need. If the need goes away, you lose your job. You know, if, if there's no need for it, you lose your job. Many, many people were pouring tons and tons of money into stocks for a place called Blockbuster. Blockbuster was a place where you could rent VHS video uh, for movies, and you go into the store, and you rent them, and you bring them home, and you, you put them in your VCR, and you watch the film, and then, um, and then if you rewound them early on, rewound them, you weren't charged extra, 
and you bring them back. And you had two to three days to bring them back. If you were late, you were charged extra money. And people were putting a lot of money in stocks and bonds until the day that somebody wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden, the blockbuster video went out of business and everyone lost all their money in the stocks because a little thing called Redbox popped up. And Redbox gave you DVDs for a lot cheaper and you didn't have to talk to anybody. You just go to your local grocery store and they had a Redbox until the day came along when Apple, Apple and all these other websites and they said, why would you even leave your home? And so all those stocks, no one was paying attention. And, and, it, and, it, and ultimately it failed. They were investing in the wrong thing. <laughs> and we're, and we're, and, and, and you, you, it's, as you're looking at, at, at the way the world has changed, um, you can easily see that, that, that people have stopped engaging with one another and the, the face-to-face conversations and, and the things that we used to do, now we don't do anymore. And now we don't feel like we're obligated to have a conversation with someone. And so we're giving ourselves a pass and, and we're, 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 we're keeping a record of wrongs because we don't have to engage with those people. <laughs> now, if you go back to, to the loss, it's because no one was looking ahead at what was transpiring. Um, I'll get back to this thought in a moment, but, but I, I want to just detour and just here and just say we can utter a word without the feeling attached to it. Uh, Pastor, I have some spiritual gifts. I think I do. I'm not sure exactly what they are. You can help me with this. But I'm pretty sure I don't have the gift to discern it. Because people have told me they love me and I found out that was a lie. I thought they were telling me the truth that was not true. They were looking me right, right in the face. I love you. And I found out they were lying. And, and um, so whatever is uttered, these words are cheap. The, the words are very, very cheap. And so there's a lot of things that love is not. It's, it doesn't keep the record of the wrong. And so, so. If you have old grudges and old bitterness and old things, you've got to expunge them out of your life. The way to get rid of them is first stop talking about it. And the propagation of the psychologist today is to take a person and have them recall all the stuff that they've gone through in their life. That keeps the psychologist in business. You know, you have to create the need. Well, when the need went away, no one used the VHS anymore. No one used that. So the need went away, and they lost their business. <laughs> and, and what, but what we've done is, in America, what we've tried to do is we have, we have psychologists that specialize in having you recall all the junk and all the pain you've gone through. It keeps them in business, and it keeps you wounded. 
when the children of God ought to be able to say, Lord, you have baptized me in your blood, in your name, in your word, and I'm going to be free from that. The more you recall, you're keeping yourself wounded and you're keeping them in business. That's an old system. That's an old VHS. You ought to throw it away. That's an old thing. Now, now there are times when we need when we need to we need to express things so that we can get them under the blood. Maybe they're unresolved, but but I'm finding out that that the modern thought is to pull up all the grime so you can quote unquote get rid of those things, and then you can have look. It doesn't work like that. You have been born of the water and the spirit. You have, been, you have been covered with the blood of the Lamb of God. It's the devil and it's the device of the devil to have you recall every wound that has ever happened to you. You're keeping a record of wrongs. I want to submit to you. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Lift up your hearts and your, and your mind to God. I cannot undo everything that's happened to me just by expressing it to somebody. But I can start to lose that a distance from it when I'm not talking about it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is not always received because, because people like to have problems and they want to have pain. And that's how they function in life. If they didn't have an issue, they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Something's always wrong. Something always has to be wrong. That's right. I hope you're not Eeyore, but there's a couple Eeyores that walk around. Poor me, poor me, poor me. You're not poor. You're rich in Jesus Christ. You're not down. You're up. What did the wise man say? What did he say? He said, I saw something today. I saw the princes walking and the servants riding. What? Read in your Bible. I saw a servant riding a horse and the prince was walking. That's not how it's supposed to be. That's the lie of the enemy. You were never meant to do that. You are kings. You are, you are, you are kings in, 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 the, in the king's house. I'm sorry. You are joint heirs in the king's house with the king of kings. You are joint heirs. You are sons and daughters of the most high God. And it's the enemy that would ground you and tell you that you are not deserving of course we're made, we're made whole by the blood of the Lamb, but the Lord has lifted us up and we sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I reject and refute that we've got to walk around with our heads down. And the reason why we're doing it is because even the people who have gone to church keep the record of wrongs in front of them. I remember the day that they did me wrong. And I'm trying to forget that day. I'm wondering how people can keep forgetting their times, their appointments, where their watches and their, where, their, where their wallets are, but they, they will never remember when someone said something ugly to them. I'd rather you always know where your watch and your wallet is and your purse is and forget all the junk that everyone else said. But you're not going to forget it because you're keeping the record and you keep, you're saying, well, I didn't write it down. Yeah, you did, but you're, you're, it's an oral exhortation. Okay. <laughs> It's not going over as well as I thought, but. Okay, thank, thank you. Who was that? Who, who was that? Okay, Brother Mays, I don't, I, you're, you're, you're biased. You just love me, you're biased, so. Love. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Did you know love comes with correction? Write on your paper, correction. 
this is going to get worse. Love comes with correction. Love comes with direction. Love comes with redirection. And four, love comes with rebuke. That's called chastisement. Let's do it again. Love comes with, shout it out. Love comes with direction, number two. Number three, shout it out. Redirection. What's redirection? That's tough. Do you know redirection is tough? That means you've already determined to go in one way, but love comes along and says, now listen, that's not the right way. We got to re, what do you mean I've had all this investment? Someone tell me what the king did. What did the king do? The king has the army of Israel. The enemy is coming. He looks at his own army of Israel and says, I don't think we can win the battle. He hires some mercenaries for 400,000 pieces of silver. The prophet comes along and says, the Lord will provide the way. Get rid of those guys. And the king says, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. I, I, I'm going to lose all my money. And the prophet says, don't worry about it. And this is what the prophet says. God is more than enough to supply it. And they won the battle, but the king wasn't really happy because he lost his 400,000. It's redirection. You think redirection is easy? It's very hard. I've spent a lifetime trying to redirect people's lives and their resistance. But I want to tell you, if you get redirected, that's real love. Love is not passive it's not always compliant. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait a second. This is so counterculture. This is the scripture. The Bible says, here's your fourth. The Bible says the Lord chastises those he loves. Really? I can't believe the pastor told me I couldn't do that. I can't believe they did that. Oh, oh, so I guess... I guess love is letting your child run out in the middle of a road. I love them. I didn't want to hurt their feelings. So you'd rather them get hit than hurt their feelings. You'd rather them, you'd rather them get damaged for life than to say, no, you are not allowed to be with that person. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Because you thought love was being a friend to your son or your daughter. And now you're their buddy. <laughs> That's right. Say that again. Oh, God. <laughs> uh oh, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Negotiation. We're in trouble. Well, they're just going to reject me. Oh, oh, I see. So you're going, to, you're going to be the enabler and think that enabling is love. Enabling is not love. When you enable someone, that means you're aiding and abetting what's going to hurt them. Go ahead and give every person who's poor $10,000. You'll keep them poor. Oh, man. I'm not, I'm not political. I'm going to tell you. We've, we've developed an economy to keep people poor. We want them to be poor. We're going to make sure life is so good for you as poor you will have to, you'll have to lose to get out of that to get a job. I had a lady come to me about 12 years ago. She said, Pastor, if I go get a job, I will lose over $300 a month. So, so what we've done is, out of this so-called love and compassion, we have brought people into a bondage. Bondage. 
Well, it's mean. It's mean. No, it's not mean. It's love. Love says to someone, I love you. I love you. Don't do that. Don't go there. Why would you say that? Because I love you. But we, we have it all distorted. This is a distortion because we don't understand what love is. What is love? Look at Paul's writings. He's given us a lot, of, a lot of things that love is not. Love is not envy. Love is not boastful. Love is not arrogant. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not irritable. Love does not keep record of love. Love finds no joy, verse 6, in unrighteousness. Are you ready? I don't know if there's everybody here. I'm not on Facebook. But shame on the saints that give a thumbs up to posts or pictures that are contrary to the word of God. Shame on you. You're supporting unrighteousness. Well, that's the Bible. Let's go back to the Bible because this is God's book. And, and I know some of you have an issue with God's book. I think there's some people watching tonight you don't really like. You can turn the channel. But why don't you just stay on it just because it'll get your blood going. Because you're finding joy in unrighteousness. What? You're going to support? Well, they're my baby. They're my grand, that's my grandson. So what? All the more for you to say, honey, take that down. You're making everyone look bad. You're making yourself look bad. No, I'm not. This makes me feel good. But it's unrighteousness. It's not holy. It's not godly. Well, praise the Lord. All, and all, all, all the people say amen. amen. Well, you know, you just said that because I asked you. That's why. But love rejoices in truth. Uh-oh. Now we're talking about truth. Not my truth, not your truth, not her truth, not his truth. Because truth is not subjective. It's his truth. There is only one truth. You don't get to have your own truth. You don't have to get your own facts. You don't get to have your own narrative. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God and Father above all and through all and in you all. There's only one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one Lord. There's only one Bible. There's only one heaven. There's only one throne in that heaven. There's only one Christ. There's only one Messiah. There's only one way of salvation. There's only one holy way. There's only one name that's going to save you. There's only going to be one rapture of the saints. I'm not talking about denominations. There's only one church. Amen. There's only one truth. That's right. So you rejoice in what's true. Even if that means it does something to me. It does something to my heart. Truth. That's what love does. I, I like verse 7. It bears all things. It believes all things. I'm, I'm going back to my other. Uh, pardon me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my other. There it is. There it is. We're, what, what chapter? What verse am I on? It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes for all things. It endures all things. This is a deep word. This is a deep word. It's considerate. Of all people. And love. When, it's, when it is instituted in your life. 
it won't fail you. Now, I, this is what I believe. I believe that Paul is writing as, as a comparison of priority. I don't believe he's saying that prophecy is going to fail. I think he's writing as a comparison of priority. Okay? So he says, whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. But love's not going to fail. Tongues, and, 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 and the reason why is because some people use this next line to, to promote an idea that there is no, tongues are not for us today. So I think what he's doing is saying, while we're here, prophecies will exist, but there's something even greater. It's, it's love. While we're here, tongues will exist, but there's something greater than tongues. It's love. Now, there will be a time when those things will be gone. Knowledge, we still have knowledge. It hasn't vanished away yet. Okay? And, and this is why I, I, I say that with, with, with clarity because the next line says, we know in part, but we prophesy in part. But when we are perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So there will be a day when we're going to have full understanding. You know, he says in verse 12, I'm looking through a glass darkly. I'm looking through a place. I don't understand everything. But one day I'm going to see everything. So, so from, from verse 8 all the way down to verse 12, I think Paul is, 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 is showing us a priority look Prophecies are going to exist until the day that we see the Lord face to face. Tongues are going to exist until the day that the Lord comes back. There's going to be knowledge. It's going to exist. But when the day comes back, we're going to know him. We're going to see him. We're going to, we, there will be a day when we, the prophecies will be over. The tongues will be over. The knowledge will be over because all of that will be fulfilled. But by comparison... Because we know those things will persist until that day. Love is even greater than that. I hope you got that. It might be a little too philosophical. But I've always been hoping to be like Thoreau. All right. So just, just to know, it's, it's critical. Um, the scripture says he's exalted his, his word above his name. That's interesting. <laughs> what does that mean? The name's not powerful? No, it's just by comparison, he's just showing the scripture, showing us that there is a high priority on the scripture because we know the name is above every other name. We don't, we're not diluting the name, but there is there are some priorities in, in, in the realm of God. There are some major priorities, and, and, and Jesus will give us the priority. He said it's better for you to go to, to heaven lame than to go to hell whole. There's a priority. Not that he wants you to pluck out your eye or cut off your hand. Though that's what the scripture would say. If your eye offends, you pluck it out. How, who's done that? Has your eye offended you? Yes. <laughs> what would you do in response to it? You left it there. Because, Lord, if, 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 we always, if we plucked out our eye every time we were looking at something bad, this church would become, we wouldn't have had to paint anything. We'd have saved a lot of money on screens. So, obviously, 
There's a priority here. The priority here is don't worry about what happens to you in your physical realm. Worry about your eternal soul. In the realm of love, it's, it is everything. In fact, Jesus said, upon love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbors yourself because all the law and the prophets hinge on that. Everything hinges on that. I'm not talking about a passive love. I'm not talking about a permissive love. I'm not talking about a corrupt, uh, unholy love. I'm not talking about a love that, 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 is, that is flagrantly said. I'm talking about a deep commitment to God. I am in love with the Lord. I love him with all of my heart. That means everything. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Here's what it says. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. Do it again. For we know that all things work together for good. If you stop right there, you have joined, I'll make up a statistic. You've joined 90% of church going people. And they say 78.3% of all statistics are made up on the spot. If you, if you, if you stop with the scripture there, you join the vast majority of people who don't know the Bible. I know that all things are going to work for my good, Pastor. That is not true. You stopped too soon and you made that a lie. You know how you make something a lie? Go to Abraham. Abraham has a beautiful wife, Sarah. She's a beautiful wife. She's beautiful. And he's afraid that the king of Bimelech is going to want her. And going to kill him and take her. And we knew that that's what Dr. Hook was talking about when he wrote the song, When You're in Love with a Beautiful Woman, It's Hard. Shall I sing it? When you're in love with a beautiful woman, it's hard. Everybody wants her. I think it's 1970s. I listened to it on the radio. We won that for Sheets for Christ. Me and Scott walked... 20 miles for Sheets for Christ. We got a radio and we listen to all the worldly songs by giving money to the missionary. <laughs> Dr. Hook. That's what that's, Dr. Hook got that from Abraham. He was in love with a beautiful woman and he said the king's going to kill her. So you know what he said? She's my sister, which was true. It was half true, but you know that half a true, half truth is a whole lie. Oh, no, just messed up now. What? When you stop the scripture, Romans 8, 28, you create a whole lie. I know all things are going to work for my good. That's not true. That's a lie because you didn't finish it. To them who love God, when you love God, you forget about yourself. And to them who are called according to his purpose and not our purpose. When I'm living according to my purpose and I want God to fill in all the blanks, you're going to do it good, Lord, because I'm living in my purpose. No, that's not what Paul wrote. He said it's all going to work for your good as long as you are loving God and you're called according to his purpose. Amen. I'm loving you, Lord. I'm giving you my best life, Lord. I'm giving you my passion. And here's the king. And I end with the king. Uh, the king he loved the Lord but not with his whole heart 
I think it was Amaziah. So I'm, I'm, I, the names now are. I I did well in Bible quizzing. I can, but now the references kind of elude me. Scripture's still there, just some of the references elude me. Not with a perfect heart. The Bible says not with a perfect heart. He did, in fact, the scripture says he did that which was right in the sight of God, but not with a perfect heart. He did that which was right, but not with a perfect heart. How can you do that? You're doing the right thing, but what does that mean? Yeah, my heart's not in it. I'm going through the functions of it, but I don't love it. Oh, I come to church. The Bible says you should give cheerfully. Yeah, I'm giving, but I'm, I'm not really happy about that. <laughs> kind of angry. Here it is. Watching other people get blessed and you keep giving in your offerings and you're returning your tithing and things are not always going well and you're wondering, what, well, what's wrong with me? Well, what's wrong with you, God? I'm doing it, but not cheerfully. I'm doing the right thing, but not with a perfect heart. There's something about, something's gone out of my love. This is the indictment of one of the seven churches of Asia Minor in the book of Revelation. That they lost their first love. Your first love. Man, that's intense love. Your first love. Your first love, that's, that's a deep love. That's when you got something and you loved it and you, you were so happy about it and you could remember it. My first horse, I loved my first horse, pal. Pal was my first horse. Man, I loved that guy. He was, in fact, in, in retrospect, he was a bad horse. But I loved him because he was my first horse. He flipped me a lot. He was my horse, and Brother Burgess gave him to us, and I was so happy to have Pal, and I'd ride him all over the place, and he'd get spooked and turn on a dime like he was a, a barrel racer, and I'd be on the ground, and he'd be heading back home. I'd run back. He'd stop to eat something. I'd hop on him again and cinch up the saddle a little bit tighter, and man, that was, I can talk about him. I got on BB. She was a quarter horse. I didn't love her very much, but she was fast. And I, I thought I was really good because I was used to pal, but BB was bigger and she was a she was a she was a bad home break. We start we start we were about three miles away from home. We were we were riding on a on an asphalt road. We were we were all the way down the road and we turned around and BB got the scent for home. They told me, don't Jeffrey, don't don't leave the corral without putting a saddle on BB. She's a quarter horse. She'll, she, will, she is too fast. And I said, what are you talking about? I, I know what I'm doing. And she got a scent for home. Man, if you if you ever been on a horse that had a scent for home, you are done. She was in full stride, all hooves up at the same time. I was beating her neck. I was, I was trying to pull her back. She did not care. Her, 
neck was extended. I finally hung up, hung for dear life. I remember my eyes were watering and she took a right turn onto a gravel road. And when she did, her hooves slid out from underneath her and she started to slide. My right leg got caught underneath her. I landed in a pothole. I remember looking up and seeing her get up and go away. Her whole right side was scraped except for where my leg had protected that part of her skin. And I was wishing the day that I could get back on pal. I was unconscious. And I still have a large scar on my forearm right here that BB put on me when she got the scent for home. And, and mom and dad were having dinner at the Valdez's house. And somebody picked me up and brought me to the house. And I just laid on the couch and they put some stuff on my arm and I was just wiped out. Never forget that day. But I didn't love her and I liked her less. But I loved Pal. That's a passion right there. I love my Yamaha 100 Enduro motorcycle. And I love Tammy. <laughs> All three of them. First love, man. You'll never get away from first love. You can start talking about first love, and man, I can remember now. I'm, now we're talking now. Man, nobody's seen a motorcycle like a Yamaha 100 Enduro. It top speed 38 miles an hour. Amazing, man. I could go all the way down to Quiver River and back without walking. Man, it's, it's amazing. I'm telling you, it's amazing. Just thinking of it wants me to go buy a motorcycle tomorrow. Or a horse. <laughs> I think Wyndham has a rule against that. I don't know. Maybe a large, big, large dog. <laughs> I, I want to tell you, you get, you get back to your first love, it'll ignite your walk with God. Our problem is you forgot where the Lord brought you from, and you got to get back to your first love. He has an indictment against the people who he brought out but forgot what he did for them. Love, I'm going to talk about love. It's something that exudes. My first love is for the Lord. Because when I learn to love him, I'm going to learn to love you. And Jesus said, how can a man say he loved God and hate his brother? How can you say you love God but you hate somebody? Hate them. I'm, I'm talking about real hate and bitterness. I'm, and don't say, I love them, but you know, something's wrong. with it. And, and then, no. That, that was a cheap way of love because love covers everything. Love doesn't say yes, but, you know, they're a scoundrel and a horrible person. I got to tell everybody about it. No. So, that's our Bible lesson for the night. It's a bad closing, but you know, I've, I've had some really good closings in my time. All right, please stand. I was going to close a better way, but, you know. I don't want to make up something else. Amen. Everyone said amen? amen? All right. I could pray for you. We already prayed. Go exercise love to one another, and hopefully you'll come back and be full of the Spirit. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Amen.